Cutting in and out, isn't it? Okay. At one time during the worship, Tamara prayed um, about the mountain in front of you, and I had a quick vision of the mountains teach us a lot. When we're in the valley looking at that mountain, they teach us a lot. But the glorious spot is on the top of the mountain, right? When we're flowing with the Holy Spirit, that's a sweet place to be. And I saw those mountains today crumbling, literally crumbling to the ground. And we're at the top of a new mountain, not looking at a giant mountain in front of us. And the Holy Spirit can do that for you. That was just a side note. <laughs> All right. So Proverbs 16.3, commit to the Lord whatever you do. He will establish your plans. I want you to close your eyes for a moment and think about what moves you. What would you be doing? No restraints. No financial restraints. No time restraints. No emotional restraints pulling you back. No restraints of any kind. What would you be doing? What would you be doing for God? I know for me, there are certain words that tug at my heart. You can open your eyes now. That tug at my heart and sometimes even bring me to tears. Nations is a big one because God's called me to the nations. That's been evident in my life because I've been around the world in missions. The next one is the orphans. <laughs> wow. <laughs> evidence too um and the last one is the lost when i see someone okay we're gonna pause here okay when i see whoa um someone on the side of the street with their sign my heart goes out to them but it's not Oh, Jesus, they need money to survive. They need a tent over their head or a roof over their head and food in their mouth. It's no, Jesus, they need you. Because if they had you, most likely they would not be in that situation. There's a primary purpose or destiny that God has for all believers. Being united, fully cooperating with Christ. He's flowing through you. But we each have a purpose that is ours and ours alone that God created us for. Your destiny is God's plan or purpose for your life. It's his will. His will can't be found outside of you. It has to be found inside of you. Romans 11:29 says, "For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. They are unchangeable." Your job is your secondary role if you have one, but it doesn't mean he can't use you there too. For example, Greg runs our two businesses. His employees know that he is a man after God's own heart because he showed them that. They know that he loves them. 
They know that they can go to him for prayer if they want it. He has established in his company that it is for God. For me, as a teacher here at the school, I get to teach kids about Jesus every day. And that is just dear to my heart, to direct them to the Lord. A person has an assignment and is destined by God to fulfill that assignment. It's not fate as the world would call it. Destiny is a predetermined course of events often held to be an irresistible power or agency. Psalm 139.14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God fearfully and wonderfully made each one of us. No one else is like you. You are special and he has a plan that is as special and unique as you are. There's no one else that can fulfill that plan, the destiny that God has created you to fulfill. He made you on purpose and for a purpose. If you have purpose, you have energy for life. Purpose creates passion. Can you imagine what it would be like if all of God's children were serving in the area that God called them to? Walking out their destiny, shining their light, I think that Christians would be running this country. I think churches would be filled to overflowing, and it'd be a little more like heaven on earth. Romans 8. Let's look at Jeremiah 1. Verse 4, I'll give you a second to get there. Jeremiah is in the Old Testament right after Isaiah. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 9. Now this is Jeremiah recapping what the Lord has spoke to him. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And in verse 6, Jeremiah starts making excuses. Oh, Lord, I'm too young. I can't do that. I'm only a child. But in verse 7, the Lord says to him, Do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you. And I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reaches out his hand and touches his lips. And he says, now I have put my words in your mouth. So the Lord assured Jeremiah that he would be with him, that he wouldn't leave him alone in what he called him to do. Like Jeremiah, God's destiny for your life was known by God before you were thought in your mother's mind. God gives our destiny, but it's up to each one of us to fulfill our destiny. What has God called you to fulfill? What is your passion? Because often passion, your passion will lead you to your destiny. Are you a man or a woman after God's own heart? As he describes David as being. Think about that for a moment. Are you chasing after God? 
God will reveal all his will for your life and empower you to fulfill it if you are chasing after him. Remember, God's led you to this point in your life. When you said yes to him, he grabbed you by the hand, and he's never let go. Now, it might feel like you're uh, not in the right place because you ran into a brick wall a time or two, but he's right there holding your hand, saying, come on, you can do it. I'm with you. Let's go. It's kind of like when you were learning to ride a bike. How many times did you fall over, lose your balance, maybe have a bad crash, but you never gave up? You kept trying until you conquered it. Through skinned up knees and bumps and bruises, you kept going until you could do it. That's how the same determination that we have to have in the things of God. Doug is called to be our pastor to help us to prepare to do our own works in ministry. We're not all called to be pastors, are we? Or youth leaders. But God has something that each one of us is supposed to fulfill. Maybe he wants you to help in children's ministry once a month. Or oversee a home group. Or just help oversee a home group. Or maybe it's the very important ministry of encouraging others through a card or an encouraging phone call, just a word when you're with them, because you cannot physically do the other things anymore. If there is breath in you, God has something for you to do, whether you're 9 or 99. You've heard it said many times from this pulpit, everybody gets to play in the game. What's your position in that game? If he's called you to do it, he's given you the grace to fulfill it. Leave the details in God's hands. He will make a way. Romans 8:28. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love him, to those to who have been called according to his purpose. The Passion Translation reads this way. We are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan and bring good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. What does God walk through with, with you with that you now can come along someone outside someone else and encourage them and teach them? God's will for for each of us is that we shine no matter what our circumstances are. Our circumstances do not define his will for our lives. Paul wrote in Philippians 4, For I have learned to be content in whatever state I'm in. He spent years in jail. Did he sit there and mope? No. What did he do? He was singing praises to God. He was praising his God. He didn't let his circumstances rule him. He ruled his circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. You want to turn there with me? Verse 16, be, thank, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Ultimately, God's will for every believer is that we rejoice always, that we pray without ceasing, and in all things give thanks. What does it mean to pray without ceasing? Does that mean we're supposed to always be on our knees or on our face before God? No, it doesn't. You're right. It means that we're just, we have a, we have such a relationship with him because he's a friend that we just have commune with him all day long. Whatever we're doing, we just commune with him. That doesn't mean we thank God for sickness like cancer or heart disease. The list goes on and on and on, right? There's so much sickness and disease in our world. And it doesn't mean that we thank God for the evil of this world, but we thank him in it, no matter what our circumstances is or the circumstances of our world, which is a little crazy right now. There's a big difference before, between for and in. Paul and Silas in jail did not thank God for this situation, but they praised him in it, and the whole guard's family was saved because of it. Because they had the opportunity to get out. And then what would happen to that guard? He would have been killed. But they chose to stay there because they knew that that was the circumstance. That's where God wanted them. And they were able to lead that guard and his whole family to Christ. How many circumstances have you been in where God wanted to flow in you to change you into the image of Christ? so that he could flow out of you to change those around you. Whatever your circumstances, are you thanking God in it? Not for it, but in it. Paul writes in Ephesians 4.1, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. What is that calling for you? What is God asking you to do? Some of you, he might have been asking for a, a lot of years. Okay, let's read Ephesians 5, 14 through 16. Ephesians 5, 14 through 16. Oops, sorry. Am I in the wrong place? Oh, I put my bookmark in the wrong place, sorry. Okay, but I'm still there. <laughs> Um, verse 14. For it is the light that makes everything visible. That is why it's said, Wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days of ev are evil. So even though we live in pretty evil times right now, we have to make the most of that. And still we'll do what we can do to shine Christ's light out there, right? Which can be praying, like Arlene was talking about earlier. There's always something that we can do to shine our light, no matter what our circumstances are. Many people miss God's will for their life because they are too busy or not paying attention. Some are afraid to yield to God's destiny for their life because they're afraid of what he might call them to do. They're afraid they might, he might send them to Africa or ask them to do something that they're not comfortable with. 
And so they just don't even go there. They don't even say yes, Lord, at all. But I can tell you, no matter who you are right now, if God's called you to do something, he's going to give you the ability to do that. This woman is evidence of that. Because if you've heard my testimony, you've heard how shy and quiet and unpeople person I was. But God had a different plan. And here I am, right? <laughs> the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. God wants to give you life abundant. There is no place better to be than in the will of the Lord. There, true joy and contentment are found. What have you done with the gift of you fill in the blank that God gave you? What is your passion? What moves you? They're probably tied together. Did you say, someday, God, I'll do it someday after I'm done doing what I want to do over here? Or maybe you did it for a while and you got burnt out. Well, actually, if you're moving in the things God, the place that God wants you to be, you will never burn out. But maybe you did it for a while and you decided, hmm, I'm done with this. Jeremiah, or like Jeremiah, you said, I'm not qualified to do that. Who's going to listen to me? I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm this. I'm that. I know for me, I said, God, have you met me? Do you know who you created? And he said, yeah, but I know what I can do with you. We serve a God who not only raises the dead, hallelujah, but he raises dead dreams and lost visions and brings them back to life. God's will for you is that you fulfill your destiny, not be stuck in the things that pull you away from it. <laughs> I spent 20 years trying to figure out how to fulfill God's will in my life. I knew what it was. I had words spoken over me. But I wasn't leaving room for the Holy Spirit and God because I wanted to have everything planned out because that's where I came from, right? Had to have all my ducks in a row. It was a self-preservation. If I was in control, I wouldn't get hurt. I wouldn't look stupid. I wouldn't say something stupid. Or so I thought. I spun my wheels for all those years instead of trusting God and stepping into my destiny. Now, I don't have it all together, walking in the perfect will of God, by any means, I'm still learning to trust. In fact, when Doug asked me to do this, my response to him, let me check my notes and I'll get back to you. And the Holy Spirit went, what are you doing? You need to trust that I want you to do this and I'm going to walk you through it. In fact, I'm going to put the words in your mouth. And so I'm learning to trust him more. Some pretty good things can still happen if you're not walking in your destiny. But don't you want to reach your full potential in God and not settle for something else? I really need to put the mic down right now, but that's okay. I'll try to do it without it. Um, so Esau traded his birthright, right, which was the best, right? For a bowl of stew. Now, that bowl of stew was really good in the moment, but was it God's best for him? Absolutely not. 
So he traded what was best, that birthright, for a bowl of stew in the moment. Are you trading something that is good in the moment instead of walking into what God's best is for you? God only wants the best for us. In Colossians 1.27, Paul talks about Christ in you. He says, in the, li- the living God is inside of you to live through you. In verse 29, Paul talks about he's struggling with all of this energy, Christ's energy inside of him, which so powerfully works in me. Christ wants to flow through us to help us reach our full potential in him to fulfill our destiny. Daniel said, yes, Lord, I give you my yes. At one point, that yes, he found himself in the lion's den. Now, did he let his circumstances rule him in there? No, he still trusted his God. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, when they were thrown in the fiery furnace, did they let their circumstances rule them? Did they panic? Nope. They knew that God had them. They trusted God. David, David's yes, he found himself in the palace. We don't know where our yes, Lord, will find us, but we can trust he's with us, and it will be an abundant life full of joy and grace. Everything that we give up and sacrifice now will be replaced with eternal blessing. Dare to trust him. There's no need to be afraid. He will make a way. Let's look at Esther. Esther had everything to fear, everything to possibly lose, even to her life. But she trusted her God, and because of that, her people were saved. Because of her faith and obedience, her people were saved. You have to have a measure of faith and obedience for God's will to be done in your life. It's not automatic. Let's look at some great people of faith in Hebrews 11. Now, Hebrews 11 is packed full of people of faith, but I'm just going to touch on a few of them here. Verse 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness that comes by faith. So Noah was commissioned by God to build an ark, right? And over here, he's got these people going, you're crazy, it's never rain here, we live in the desert, da-da-da-da-da. But what did, Mo- what did Noah decide to do? What did he walk in? Faith and obedience, yep, and into his destiny, yep, he did. Okay, let's look at verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. So Abraham had a decision to make. God had asked him to sacrifice his son. But over here, he had the promise of God that Isaac's seed would be reckoned, multiply. Uh Uh-huh. So he had a decision to make. Was he going to trust God and walk in faith and obedience and into his destiny? 
or is he going to fall back on? But God, you said, so why should I have to do this if you said this? But he walked in faith and obedience, even to the point of having the knife over Isaac before God stopped him, because he knew even if he did that, God could raise Isaac from the dead. He knew one way or the other God was going to come through with his promise because always, always God comes through with his promises. So he walked in faith and obedience. That would be a very hard situation, not one I'd like to be a part of. Okay, in verse 29, by faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. So they had a choice to make when they got there and the Red Sea opened. They had to have faith and obedience to walk on that dry land, trusting that those waters were going to stay back, right? But what was behind them? The Egyptians. So they could turn around and do that battle, or they could trust, have faith and obedience, and walk that path knowing that God was going to protect them. And they chose faith and obedience, and God protected them. Now, all these people in Hebrews 11 had great faith and walked in their destiny? No. They had great faith, but some did not fulfill their destiny because of disobedience. Like Moses, not entering the promised land because of his disobedience. Faith and obedience have to be mixed together for us to walk in our destiny. So again, I ask, what has God asked you to do? Are you fulfilling your destiny? When my time is up on this earth, I want to be well spent. I want to have nothing left because I've spent it all, gave it all, being about the Father's business, doing what he's called me to do, not what he's called anybody else to do. What's important is what he's called me to do, you to do, because nobody else can fill those shoes. Some of us as followers of Christ might need to examine ourselves, repent if necessary, and become whole so that we can then burst out in service to God and to man. True joy and freedom are only found in a life fully submitted to him. If you want God's best for your life, you might have to give up something good or better over here to walk in is what is best. I need a young volunteer. I need the youngest person in the room as long as it's not a toddler because they wouldn't get this. Is Sterling still in here? Nope, okay. Um, how about one of our teens? Danielle, can you, she's like going, no. <laughs> okay, come on, kids. <laughs> Lace, come on up. Not giving you a choice. It's going to be worth it, buddy, I promise. <laughs> All right, Lace. Okay. Hold on, I 
right, Lace? I gave you $5, right? Okay. Can you trust me that what I have in my left hand is not going to bring you $5? Okay. How about what I have in my right hand is even better? It's the best. This is better. This is best. Now, you can keep that $5 because you know it's a for sure, for sure thing. You can go buy something with it, go buy lunch with it maybe. Maybe not nowadays. <laughs> what, what would you like to do? Have something better or something best? Wait a minute. Let me have that $5. Okay. Now I have, I have more. I have even a better thing for you. Are you going to trust me still that what I have in my left hand is not as good as what's in my right hand? I've been listening to your testimony. It seems like I should trust that what you have in your right hand, even in smaller portions, would be better than very large. Okay. So with that, which hand would you like? Right? Left. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, good choice. So he changed in $15 for 20 He got what was best. He's going to walk in faith. And he walked in faith, not obedience, but faith that, what I, that I was telling the truth, right? He trusted me and got what was best. You can keep that. See, I told you it would be worth it. Next time, all the teens are going to be running up here. <laughs> if we give God what we have, he will give something better. He will give what is best. Deborah in Judges is a great example of an ordinary person doing extraordinary things for God. Right? Because of God's spirit in her, she was able to do extraordinary things. We have to get out of the way, though, sometimes for God to do his work through us. Say get out of the way. Say it again louder. Do you mean it? Okay. Can you imagine what it would be like if all God's children, yes, I already said this, were living out their destiny, the thing that he created them to do? It's time for God's church to be about the Father's business and fulfilling their destiny in Christ. There's a lost and dying world out there. And when revival comes, actually revival has already started in some places. I know it's restarted in the hearts of some people right here in this valley, in this church. It's starting. They're coming. We have to be prepared as a church body. We have to have enough teachers in the Sunday school classes that when there's 50 kids, we're not struggling for teachers anymore. We have to have nursery workers just think about, maybe you don't even know, there is so much it takes to run a church. We all have to step up into our position in this game so that when those people come walking through those doors, we can take care of them and their children. Yeah, Greg wanted to share a testimony. 
So just this week I was um, flying from North Carolina down to Florida and and I met, there was a lady sitting to my left and she was from Hawaii and Teresa and I have lived in Hawaii so we, we had something uh, in common and somehow we got onto Jesus conversation. Um, yeah, so she said that the church had really burned her and so she stopped going years ago. And I told her um, throughout the, our conversation, I said, you know what, there's so many people that look at man and how much they've, man has hurt them and then say, I, I'm going to quit on God. And I said, I've been hurt. Almost everybody in the church has been hurt by the church, by leadership, by whatever. And, and I said, but it's never man's uh, plan for church. It's God's plan for church. And I'll never abandon what God has established. And so whenever I get hurt or and, uh, whatever happens, I said, I look to Jesus and no other because he's the one that has the answers. And then after our conversation, she said, me and my family, we're going to go back to church. So all of us have those opportunities to be salt and light to this world. No matter where we're at, God will use us if we're willing to step out and just love. It, it's just really loving on people. We're not trying to tell them what to do, but it's just loving on people. Thank you, Greg. So at the beginning of this message, I asked you to close your eyes and dream a little. With Christ in the mix, there are no restraints because he will provide everything that you need to fulfill what he's called you to do. He will remove your fears if you have any. And most of the time we do. <laughs> provide everything and walk with you every step of the way. We have to trust him. We have to walk in faith and obedience, and we have to get out of the way and let him flow through us. Because ultimately, if we're walking in our destiny, it's Christ in us, right? We don't find it out there. We find it in here. So we have to be willing to do those things to reach this lost and dying world for Christ. You cannot fail if God has called you to do it. He always makes a way. So if you're ready to walk in faith and obedience into the destiny God has called you to, would you stand? Father, from what I see looking around this room, your children are ready. They're ready to be your army that walks in faith and obedience in what you want us to do, what you've called each one of us to do, what our destiny and purpose, the reason that we were born, that thing, that you're going to walk with us every step of the way, that you're going to speak through us, and we just have to continually be in prayer and communion with you, 
Father, would you just lead us into our destiny that you called us to before we were a thought in our mother's mind. You knew what you put each one of us on this planet to do. We thank you for that. Help us to trust you in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good job, Teresa. Good job, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. So, um, yeah, if if you've been moved and you, you want prayer, w we would love to pray for you, not just Teresa and I, but the ministry team. But uh, the rest of you are dismissed, and go with God. Amen. Oh, yeah, pick, some, pick up some chairs, please. Stacks of three.